my mouse is quivering with anticipation over the record button. And welcome to episode 83 of The Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and as always, I'm joined by Whip. Say hello. Hello. And for the first time ever, we Very are first. joined <laughs> by Oculus Imperius. Say hello. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. It's wonderful to get the chance to uh, to do this. Thank you for the No, thank you for like, tolerating us and stuff. Oh, sure. <laughs> hush, hush, hush. <laughs> Because um, yes, uh, Matt is once again not here this week. He's um, in. He's in prison. No, no. Let's let's be honest. Because I mean, there was because we said last week that he was in prison, but we were actually just covering up for him because he's very shy. The actual reason that he's not here is because he's in hospital. Because he got his bum stuck in a walnut whip. Again, you're covering for him. He didn't want it. He just didn't want it to be known that he did the selfless act of that he threw himself on a grenade to save a poor, starving child. Unfortunately. He threw himself ass first, and his ass has been blown off, and he's waiting for a transplant. Yeah. We don't know why he puts himself in this these kind of positions, but there we go. But that's the situation that he's in, and we hope for a speedy recovery, and he should be back by the next episode. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers for his pr- Thoughts and prayers, R.I.P. In peace. <laughs> Rip in pieces, drummer butt's butt. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um... But yeah, just uh, a general thing to just sort of mention uh, before we get into the main podcast. The latest Codex Compliant is up, so if you haven't watched that, please go and watch that. It took a lot of work. Uh, Very sorry it took a long time to come out, but real life kind of got in the way a bit. You know how that happens. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's all about Codex Space Marines from 3rd edition. It's pretty good. Which is one of the. You should f- probably watch it if you want. I don't care. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. It's fine. Codex Space Marines Third Edition was, in fact, the uh, what the, the second Codex I ever owned after the three. Oh, yeah, no. after the three point five Dark Eldar, which shows you the terrible hobby decisions I made when I was thirteen years old. But I'm very much looking forward to watching that particular video. Ah. Uh, in fairness, uh, the very first Codex I ever had was the just flat three um, Third Edition. Dark Eldar, so... Oh, that one. Before, you before... So you both make terrible decisions. Yeah. Technically, he made a more terrible decision than I did, because that's... That, actually fair. That means, yeah. that means he got the third edition Dark Eldar Codex before it up, up, got updated to make them in any way viable. <laughs> yep. Well, unsurprisingly, I didn't play Dark Eldar for very long, and then I picked up Dark Angels. Because you have to play an army with the initials of D-A. Apparently. Oh, uh, because Eldar starts with A. Apparently. You were oh, hoping to just get away with that, You were hoping you? to get away with yeah. it, but she managed to update it with current lore friendliness, yeah. so I approve. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I, did exact, I did exactly the same thing. I dropped, I, after like two games, maybe, I ditched Dark Eldar in favor of Salamanders. <laughs> Salamanders are pretty rad, though. The fun thing was, I bought the Dark Angels Codex, and then after buying it, got home and realized that I also needed the Space Marine one, so I had to go and buy that one. Because <laughs> uh, the one that's in the video is my original one from back then, because I, I started playing, like, 98, 99, so it was, like, when it was, like, well, all of those Codex was still pretty damn new, so... 
it was a whole thing. And this, they've held up surprisingly well for saying how much they've been used. I bet your mother was thrilled. Like, Mum, you know how the first army you bought me with the Codex wasn't like very good, and now the second army you bought me with the book is like, okay, I need one more book. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It was spread out over multiple birthdays and okay, and and, and, and slow trips to Games Workshop with my pocket money in hand. Aww. Because, you know, back when you could buy, like, metal models for, like, three pounds. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, yeah, but they looked like metal models you could buy for three pounds. Okay, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> That's true. the only problem, because nowadays the models are gorgeous. Apart from Ragnar Blackmane. We don't talk about Ragnar Blackmane. <laughs> I still oh, what is it? So can't believe he has not been updated. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's oh just it's God. just one of those it's one of those things that like I ex- I kind of I, I kind of wonder how the updating process goes because every now and again I feel that they kind of just like someone just like sits bolt upright in the middle of a meeting and just be like we haven't updated this how long has it been and everyone's just like oh shit it's been fucking twenty five years. <laughs> I, I can't help but feel that every time in a meeting they're talking about giving Ragnar Blackbane an updated model, that's when that happens. Someone jumps up and goes, oh shit, we haven't given this person a model. Go, okay. we, haven't, we haven't given Marnius Kelgar a new model in the last eight minutes. <laughs> Quick! <laughs> I mean, so I, I think we talked a little bit about this when we were last on the uh, podcastus, and someone in the comments said that they reckon the oldest model that GW still do are the Fantasy Familiars do they from t- the 80s. Hang on, are those still available? They were the last time I checked. I don't know anything about those at all, even though I wrote all the uh, lore for it. The, ti- the tiny malformed naked lady is uh, one of the familiars. That, that would does be not narrow it down. On, <laughs> that would be incroyable. Like I, I, I honestly, I did not know that they were still doing that. I know the exact ones you're talking about. If they are, that that would be insane. Yeah, they were. They were I the, hope they are. Yeah, me yeah, too. The, the last time I looked, they were they were still there. So, um, but obviously, uh, GW is a mysterious entity that likes to retire things without really saying much about it, especially <sighs> paints when you want them. But yeah, anyway. Um, Go watch our new video. It took time. It was fun. And we will have a very interesting one next. Yeah, the next script is actually already based written. Based on a very interesting codex that we reveal at the end of that. That uh, is not what we're doing That's now. what we're doing. We're, we're not doing that thing that I'm not going to spoil. The very <laughs> funny joke in the video. Yeah, look out for it. It's hilarious. It's, there is, so funny. There is one guaranteed joke in the latest video. We can, we can say that much. <laughs> Just... Subscribe to our Patreon. We have guaranteed jokes. We have at least one joke per video. Presumably. You don't get a guarantee like that anywhere else on YouTube. I mean, you probably will, but it won't be as lackluster. The only, gar- the only guarantee you get on that is to have your, al- is to have your suggestions algorithmically filled up by, one- by a bunch of videos you never, ever want to watch nor have any interest in watching. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very interested in th- that political YouTuber. They make me very happy to know they exist. I'm I was I'm... gonna say like <sighs> Korean like boy bands, but okay. I was going I was going to say uh I'm very interested in knowing absolutely everything that's wrong about Pokemon Sword and Shield before it's even released, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, haven't you heard? Yep. It's terrible, even though no one has played it or anything. Uh, and people can still fave. manage to get 25-minute videos out of this. It's, in, yeah. it's incredible. 25 minutes? You've been watching the truncated versions. <laughs> <laughs> 
gold. I, I do wonder how some people, like, they have the energy to, like, make, like, 45-minute videos talking about, like, a minute-long trailer. Like, I, I struggle to have more than, like, a, like two minutes worth to say. I give them literally thing the time talk like that. about anything forever and literally say nothing, so I understand how these videos <laughs> can be made. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. We must all be internet personalities. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have opinions, damn it, and people must listen to them. In our four forty-seven part, like eighteen-hour-length video, you can find it on our channel in the "Please Validate Us" playlist. <laughs> That's just every one of our playlists. This is getting too meta and real. Okay, okay. I'm, Whip, I'm, what have you been doing? See, what, what, you, been what doing? you guys have to do is hide yourself behind a carefully created persona that stymies you from ever being able to express your own opinion about anything. That's a good I idea. Need, like, I need a sock puppet, a literal sock puppet that just goes, "Wow, okay. Snipe." Okay. Yeah, I believe this. <laughs> I'm, I w- I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie here. If you guys decided to introduce some sort of Muppet-based <laughs> third character to your videos, even if it's a sock puppet, I am. To be 100- fair, I mean that's kind of drama, Matt. No, I am one hundred percent about that. You kind of need to do this now because now that the idea is out there, if it doesn't get acted upon, I'll be annoyed. You know what it'll be? It'll be like Poochie from The Simpsons. Oh my god. <laughs> like, we'll introduce, it's like, oh, it's Snipe, and Wib, and Jeff. Yeah, and or then... Like, or, or Bill. <laughs> and then at some point, you're just going to have to flash up a single screen that just says, uh, Jeff's ship's Gellerfield failed on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> he was torn to pieces by warp demons. <laughs> and then, then, then everyone will be happy. Well, there's your April. There's your April Fool's Day 2020 video idea. Ah, yes. yeah. No need to thank me. As we have our puppet son. Yes, our puppet son. Anyway, I'm I'm going to get on with something vaguely resembling a structure of <laughs> podcast. Sure, if you want uh, to talk a little bit about what I've been up to. Uh, now, a lot of it has been making the Muppet that we're going to have the latest video. Yeah. And writing the next, like the next two Codex compliance, are weirdly close to finished. Writing-wise, like, the next ones, I've just got, like, one last little thing to check. Yeah, I need to go through and add jokes. That is one of your jobs. <laughs> That's my job. It is one of your jobs. <laughs> um, and the one after that is, like, 80% written as well. I have no idea how this has happened, but for s- I think because this one took so long to do for various reasons, it meant that whenever I had extra time, I started writing bits. Yeah, keep so, up with your humble bragging. So it kind of has mounted up, and it's like, oh, now I've got to do all the parts that actually take time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the actual editing and uh, and scanning in a million pages. Um, you love scanning, what are you doing? I do not. Uh, but apart from that, I've done a few little things. Uh played a couple of video games. Oh, yeah? I have been uh, toying around with Dive Kick, which came out many years ago, but I started playing with that a bit. Which, if you're not familiar with it, is a fighting game where you have two moves, dive and kick. So the whole idea is it, it's just you ca- your character jumps in the air and then launches themselves at the ground like with a downward kick, a dive kick. And whoever, that, that does make a lot of sense, yeah, actually. And whoever's mm-hmm. sort of highest... <laughs> are whoever's sort of highest when you hit each other wins. Oh, because you're closer to your terminal velocity. 
<laughs> no, no. Just it's it's just an arbitrary thing of whoever is highest. Uh, you know, no. It's like the idea if you jump up higher, then you you've accelerated. You've had more chance to accelerate quicker when falling, so you hit harder. Okay, the whole game's very tongue in cheek. So if you submitted that as like as a, a tool, head cannon. as a tool tip, they probably put it in. I might do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they still update the game at all. They probably don't. It's many years old. Well, they should because my description of it is amazing <laughs> and very funny. Uh, but it's it's really weird because it's like it's very tongue in cheek. Like all the characters are kind of stupid, and you know, like they just sit there and say things like you know, we'll say things like, "Oh, I really should be at home studying right now," <laughs> instead of you know, dive kicking. Like the t- there's two characters called Dive and Kick. Oh and, wow! And like um, I think it's um, Dive. You, he is actually like really good at school, and so he uses his advanced physics knowledge to know exactly how to dive kick people. <laughs> Great. Um, but the weird thing is, despite being this very tongue in cheek thing with all these kind of silly characters, it ends up being weirdly strategic because it is so stripped down to just who is uh, who is able to strike the person at the right point. Mm-hmm. It's all about like jumping, like jumping at the right time, not leaving yourself open for that split second because for your entire time of actually kicking. You're vulnerable because the other, if the other person jumps a fraction later than you and kicks, then they can hit you. So you have to try and maneuver yourself to like a safe position and try and out kind of do the opponent, which even when playing against the AI can sometimes be a bit tricky because each character has like a slightly different arc on their kick. And some of them like will do slightly different things, like their damage areas are a little different. So it's it's interesting. I it's hella strategic. Mm. Yes, it is the most strategic game I've ever played. Fuck forty k. Like no strategy involved there. <laughs> Easy. No. You just you just dive kick your opponent in forty k and you win. Chess for literal children. <laughs> um, drafts is okay, uh, but <laughs> uh, but no, it's it it, it was uh, like I say strangely strategic. Once I got into it, uh, I can definitely recommend it. You know, you can generally pick it up pretty cheap. Um, and if you want something just to dick around with There's for an hour, multiplayer. Can I play the dive kick with you? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually want you to play it with me. I think it'll be really fun because I've only had a chance to play against the AI so okay. far. Uh, I, I think playing against another human would get a little, uh, it will get a little fun. Okay, I believe this sounds. It sounds like one of those games which is kind of like made for Twitch. Yeah, like I've, yeah. I've noticed. Totally I've noticed that. not that that's a diss by any means. Like I've just noticed. I've noticed in the past few years that there's been this kind of trend of like. Fairly simple games, but ones that are just like, this is fairly perfect to stream when you can have some personalities behind it, kind of talking over it. Um, And uh, this sounds like exactly kind of right up that particular alley. Yeah, I think the only problem with it in that regard is just that it does. It's one of those things. I think you would stop talking quite quickly (laughs) as you're trying Mm -hmm. to outmaneuver each other because it's so strategic. Yeah, like like I say, I mean, obviously, like I am joking. We're not we're not like you know, fucking Star Trek chess here or anything. But you know, it is it is like it's more strategic than you would expect. Okay, is sort of the point. Um, but apart from that, I've been playing the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I have been trying and mostly failing to get into Kerbal Space Program. Oh, oh yeah. that I've is... heard. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, go on, go on. Uh, no, I was literally going to say that that's one of those ones where I've, I've it, it's kicked around for years as one of those indie darlings that I have just yeah. never gotten near because I lack the patience for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same, and I've heard that it's really tricky, and I'm just like, nah, I'm just going to play something else, it's fine. <laughs> um, I haven't got very far in it. 
like I can make a basic rocket and make it do do a fly. Zoomies. And like you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting because it, it sets it up very like the uh, the start of it's kind of very basic. Cause it's just you know you have a pod, you put a kerbal in it, you put a parachute and that on that, and then you jam is, a rocket is, on it. Is a kerbal one of the little green dudes? Yes, they're kerbals. Okay. Uh, and you fire it into space, and then it comes back to Earth, and you pop parachute, and they're fine. Or at least you get into a kind of very high atmosphere sort of area. So it actually takes quite a bit to get into space itself. Just and like real life, honestly. Like you can, like you can, you know, go and jump off a roof, but it's not going to serve you very well, as I am told. Well, it won't get you into space. That's certain. no. Um, not sure where you were going with that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either. I'm okay. Just, I'm melting and my brain is misfiring, so like, get ready for that. Okay, it's going to be a, a, a riot when we get to your section, I can see. Uh, <laughs> it always is, dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting because you, quite early on, you get to the point where it's all about creating the segments of a rocket. So you know how the or like rockets, they go up and they'll have different segments that detach as it's going into space and another rocket takes over. So it ditches all the dead weight and then goes on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. You set all those up and like you, you set you set up like effectively like you bind these things to like be different phases and so you hit space like when you want to go to the next phase and so you can combine things so you can say, okay, so on this phase I want to hit this and then I'll eject this motor and then boost up the next one. And it, it's it's quite satisfying when it's working, but oh, every now no and again, <laughs> every now and again, you'll do something and you go, "It's leaning to the left. Why is it leaning to the left? I don't, I don't know." And it turns out if you if you put too many things in, uh, your rocket starts wiggling like a sausage, and that's quite. That funny. sounds awesome. Um, the sausage into space. Uh, but then it slams uh, incredibly hard into the ground, and oh. your Kerbal dies, and you're like, "Well, that was that was a pity." I'm hoping by the time of the next podcast, I will actually vaguely understand the game. I feel it's one of those things that, you know, when you you play a game and it has like a quite long-winded tutorial and you go, I think I can figure it out. I'm a smart boy. (laughs) And then you play the game for 10 minutes and you go, I am not a smart boy. I have never, I have never felt more thick than (laughs) right now. So I think I might just uh, go back and play through that fairly extensive tutorial. I think that's probably a good idea. Um... But yeah, uh, it is it is fun as most people probably know because I know it was it kind of its heyday was a while ago. I'm quite late to the party here, but I am having fun with it, um, and I'll probably have more fun with it when I know what I'm doing. Apart from that, uh, I've also been I've also been rewatching a lot of uh, Star Trek TNG because that's just my life. Yeah, how is that a problem? It's not a problem. TNG's great. I'm currently at season five again because I've been I've sort of been slowly chipping through it for like the last. Year, just watching it here and there, like while I'm while I'm doing things. But I've like been I, I watched like most of I think I watched like most of season five like in the last like week, mm. and yeah, powering through it. Yeah, it turns out uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation is still really good. Weird. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk yeah. it? Yeah, oh, which actually reminds me, it was the the Picard trailer. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. yes. I, I'm uh, I'm quite hyped. I am also yeah. quite hyped. I am. Very, very excited for just any return to that particular character by that particular actor. I just, I genuinely don't care about any naysayers, especially the naysayers that focus on design elements. 
Yeah, it's almost as if when you make something decades later, then sometimes visual aspects change. Yeah. And yes. Blasphemy! And, you know, sometimes uh, it's, not the, it's not 1989 anymore, and designs yeah. uh, kind of need to be updated. And, my God, go back to early TNG. It's dated as all hell. Yeah, <laughs> you look at that and you go, oh, that is a, that is a late 80s set. <laughs> well, oh, I think thoroughly. that all you need to know about the era that the uh, Galaxy-class interior was designed in was that an original, one of the ideas that Gene Roddenberry had was, hmm, they should have dolphins on board so that they can help them with navigation because dolphins understand moving in 3D space. <laughs> Which is which is wonderful and amazing, and also highlights the general uh, issue that Star Trek has always had with the idea that space that space is a volume, not a plane. But yeah. they just kind of ignore that. Like, like how do borders work? And just like, oh, Captain, we're nearing the Cardassian border. It's like, how exactly do you have a border when everything is in three dimensions? <laughs> Well, you know, it's like when they'll do things, well, they'll say things like, oh, yeah, there's, um, like, we've got to go through this fleet to get there. And you go, why, though? <laughs> why, you could why, travel, why through? <laughs> you could travel a light year underneath them and just go go under them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know the galaxy is, 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 like, on a, is a flat thing when you take it in, like, totality. Yes. But... That's still very, very thick in real terms, and there's space beyond that too. In infinite space, one could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, but you know, sci-fi. it's one of those. It, it's but you know, sci-fi. Like it's entirely yeah. one of those things. It's just like oh, we just have to jazz in this because making it work is just yeah. way too difficult for a forty-five minute episode. <laughs> yeah, and basically every problem they have would be just undermined by well, we can just go round it, can't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, or made very boring by the fact that nothing makes sound because, oh, just you know, you just, space battles would just be really dull if there's no explosions. Yeah, well, drama, anyway. drama. You can't have um, a you can't have a silent photon torpedo because then you wouldn't hear its cool sound effects. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I uh, you know complain about like the design and stuff, but yeah, TNG's aged quite well. Um, apart from you know the, the like some of the costume designs and things especially from the early stuff but it's still good and yeah it is it is really nice to see Picard come back uh, especially see Jerry Ryan come back as seven of nine that is that is beyond anything one of the one of the things that I'm most excited for about this purely because I want to hear about how she ditched Jacote's ass within <laughs> within like two weeks of being back in the Alpha Quadrant being like oh no like, <laughs> no, you know, not anymore. No, no slights to the actor, but since he was, it's Robert Beltran, isn't it? That, yeah, um, yeah. Um, since he was basically given nothing for like seven seasons to work with, can you imagine? Like, if you think that Chakotay is like your prime choice of like partner, and then you get to Earth and go, "Holy shit, there are so many people here!" Eight, like. Most of them are more interesting than Chakotay. <laughs> that must have been a, that must have been a thing in the Voyager crew a lot. Like so many of them must have just settled. Like, yeah, I like, like it's well, not. You know. It's not. <laughs> you're, you're, honestly, you're not the best. I don't think we work uh, on a lot of levels here. Your taste in music is absolutely abhorrent, and you can't stand. You know how I cook, but we're stuck here, and we don't know if we're ever going to get home. So you know what? We'll make it work. 
it's gonna be a hell of an opening line like you know the stereotypical like anime leaning over someone in the hallway like hey i'm literally the best of a bad bunch (laughs) and yet still they got back to the alpha quadrant and harry kim was still single (laughs) oh Okay, oh, I might get it. I, I don't know. You can cut the, you can cut this part out for if you need to. But I was having a discussion with my roommate yesterday about how Carrie Kim is basically just an incel, and he probably <laughs> he probably he probably spends a lot of his time like posting really misogynistic stuff on fucking subspace chat rooms. <laughs> oh god, seven of nine is a total bitch. He friendzoned me again. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like God, every... we have a female captain. It feels like forced diversity. <laughs> every oh, single fuck it, ev- that's staying in. That's staying in. <laughs> fuck it. Every single Harry Kim like interaction with females is so pain like so painful and awkward that it's like, is this just deliberate? Like yeah. I love I really do love Voyager and Janeway is tied for like my favorite captain but my god so many of that crew were so disserviced by bad writing like we well, talked about That's because that's because they gave everyone's personality traits to Tom Paris. Pretty much. I hate Tom Paris. Like exactly. they could have like, they could have we... taken everything that he had as hobbies or interests or other jobs he did and scattered them around the rest of the crew and maybe there would have been a reason for Harry Kim to be in the show. Mm, I mean like so... the writers wanted to kill him off on multiple occasions because they well, didn't know what to do well, with him. Can we acknowledge the fact that they did but then his duplicate just took his spot and no one referenced that <laughs> ever again? <laughs> Well, they didn't want to make it awkward, obviously. He would, Everyone... Otherwise, he'd write about them on his horrifying, like, female-hating blog. Everyone's like, would anyone, like, did anyone really know Harry that well? Like, like Tom, do you care that he's a duplicate? Nah, not really. Could you imagine? They just asked, like, hey, Tom, do you want to say some words at Harry's funeral? Who? <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, who? Like, you worked with him for, like, seven years? Not ringing no, a bell. Not, not hearing it. No. <laughs> he's got the gold top. Like, uh, uh, he's, he's at the back, back of the like, bridge. Is he a Ferengi? No. No. Like, no, I don't. Oh, he's, the, he's the bloke with the pointy ears, isn't he? No, that's Tuvok. Oh, okay. Uh, tattoo, <laughs> that's that's your first officer. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't. He just comes in and then the, then the uh, space, like, Native American music starts playing in the background when he says something, like, pseudo-wise. He says, um, he, then... says he says a Kuchi Moya and then suddenly panpipes start playing for no reason. <laughs> like... Jakote Jakote is a perfect example of how American television cannot write like First Nations Native American characters. They just they oh, can't. Yeah. They're so bad at it. And I I still can't believe to this day that it was seven seasons of painful ancestor spirit like pan weird pipes. pan pipe shit that they never really took the opportunity to address in any way, shape, or form. Like the good characters on Voyager are incredible. Like, Jadeway and Seven and the Doctor are some of my favorite Trek characters ever, but the bad characters on Voyager just are painful. Mm-hmm. And they just like, don't with, need to exist is, like, a lot of the problem with them. Well, they said that they don't need to exist. It's like, it's, it's like with everything with Voyager. The concept is there, but the actual execution just doesn't pay off. Like, how Voyager in general doesn't push its concept nearly as far as it could have. The whole this, show should have been Year of Hell. 
Exactly. And I know that they wanted it to, and I know that the network pushed back on it and all that mm. jazz. But in, in, like, in the same way that the show never pulled off its actual stated aims, neither none of the characters ever do. Like, Belana, here, here we have another, like, a human-Klingon hybrid. That is, that is a thing that we could explore. But no, we're just going to make her seem cranky and unlikable for seven seasons. Here's Harry Kim. He's like the new guy. He's the ensign on his first mission. And we never really do anything except him look awkward and inexperienced and hopelessly naive for seven seasons. <laughs> and then yeah. Chakotay, it's like, okay, here's a, here's, an, here's a minority that we have not actually visibly put on Star Trek. And we're just going to get it wrong in every possible way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's Oculus's uh, fucking Star Trek Voyager rant. <laughs> Hey, that's fair, that's fair. I, I've spent hours of this podcast over the last few years ranting about Star Trek, so... Tune in next yeah. week when I talk about how Hoshi Sato should never have existed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So yeah, Seven's back, and that's good because she was one of the good parts of Voyager. There's yes. a doggo. Despite being... Oh, the dog's called Number One, by the way. Oh my god, that's so cool. Uh, I want a dog. I wonder how Will feels about that. Well, we'll find out because Jonathan Frakes has been confirmed. Oh, Wouldn't it be great? It's like, awesome. I thought I was your Number One. Yes, but then you shaved the beard. <laughs> so he just gives the rank to a dog. That's it's like actually a, a totally really fair. vindictive kind of like dig at him. It is a very well known, th- well known and provable theory that um, next gen era stuff, the quality of it can be defined by whether Riker has a beard or not. Yeah, which is why in the the less good movies, for the most part, there are some exceptions, and the less good series, he doesn't have a beard, mm. but he always has beards for the better ones. Don't mm-hmm. like it when he doesn't have a beard. It's scary. You know, you know. Actually, sorry. On the notes of Riker's beard, can we talk about uh, the Thomas Riker episode of Deep Space Nine, where he shows yeah. up, and then, and then to reveal that he is Thomas Riker and not William Riker, he very carefully peels off the side parts of his mustache that connect the mustache to the goatee. That was literally a fucking visual gag in Kick-Ass. Yes. With Nicolas Cage's character. He just made his mustache a little longer. It's It's like, no one will recognize me now. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. I like the idea that because, yeah... Like it's would anyone have noticed? You know, like if he'd have got in with his regular beard, they just go, "Oh, that's yes, it's Will Riker." I know he has a beard. It's like if you if you wear a, nice a beard, touch would have been like yeah. he had different color eyes or something. Because then it's there. Well, for no, he can't. It can't be because he is literally Riker. He's the result of a teleporter incident. Oh yeah, no, I remember hearing about he's that. A, I haven't he's seen a, that yeah, one. he's a literal duplicate of him, but he spent like so many years stuck so on he, a planet. Why didn't he replace Harry Kim? <laughs> 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 because not even because the universe hates Harry Kim so much they can't even give him a noble death. I love the I love the idea that Harry Kim dies and he's replaced by Thomas Riker, but no one ever comments on it ever. Yeah, and they just like they still call him Harry and everything. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like Harry. But suddenly he's getting like mad tail. <laughs> And like everyone likes him now, and he plays a less embarrassing instrument. If if that happened, if that happened, guaranteed Thomas Riker would have gone for Kess and not cared about the whole fact that her entire concept is creepy as hell. And oh yeah, it would have pissed off Neelix, which is great because that would have well, it would have actually been terrible because that would have given the writers more chance to explore Neelix's incredibly creepy obsession with a literal nine year old. Yeah, it was very kind of like, oh, yeah, I might look like a 12-year-old girl, but I'm actually a 3,000-year-old demigod, so... 
Yeah, it's exactly. It's that kind of creepy yeah. anime it's trope. Like the, it's the inverse version of that. It's like, yeah. yes, I look like a, I am I, I am a fully grown woman, but I'm like Actually a toddler uh, in your world. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, no, it's not anything. I was just born sexy, giggle, giggle. Like, oh, uh, God. Yeah. Again, that's, again, right back to the idea of concepts that may have seemed like a good idea, but were just not. Definitely were not. Not great. Not great. I I get the feeling that like I get the feeling like Kess was supposed to be Voyager's Dax. Just like here's a new concept yeah. for Trek where we introduce an alien species that operates in a completely different way that we do. They're really young and they have very short lifespans. We haven't done that. But then they decided to be like, okay, but let's also make her a object of fucking desire for <laughs> the weird cat monkey that is now the ship's cook. <laughs> I never thought of him as a cat monkey, he and is, I love it. Neelix is, I, is, possibly, Neelix is a cat monkey. It, that's I possibly always, the nicest description anyone has ever I given to Neelix. I thought he looked like one of those fancy tropical fish that just like fell in like a bag of like salon hair. <laughs> He's basically what would happen if you put a tropical fish and Jeff Goldblum in a teleporter. He's a brundlefish. <laughs> He's a brundlefish. Wow. His voice pattern would be way better. Actually, the thing is, I don't, I don't hate Neelix. I really I think don't. he did have a few decent episodes. He had a few uh, decent the one episodes. Where he, like the ones where he deals with his backstory and stuff. Yeah. Like the trauma from like his, you know, the wars and stuff that he was, you know, that his uh, homeworld was embroiled in. Those actually were pretty decent. Because it's not like um, Ethan Phillips, isn't the actor's name? Yeah, I think so, mm-hmm. yes. I, I think it's not like he's a bad actor or anything. It's just, again, as with Voyager, what he just, was given. it was what he was given. Yeah. Neelix was Neelix to me was actually a very necessary inclusion for like not necessarily as a comedy relief character, but it's nice to have an optimist on board when everyone else is just like oh, I'm so far from home. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's nice to have that, and I think it wasn't exactly unsuccessful. But he obviously improved once they just removed the obsession with Cass from the equation, <laughs> once, like entirely. Uh, I also liked in Voyager how um, they went through Borg space in like a relatively short amount of time, but then spent like multiple seasons going through the fucking Kazon Empire. These fucking idiots who barely know what they're doing, but apparently have an empire to rival the Borg in terms of size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think they really thought like like because sometimes they'll cross an entire empire in an episode but they were stuck with the Kazon until wasn't it like the end of season two that they finally got out of Kazon space or something it, yeah it was this is the thing i found it with ev- with almost every single track spin-off the first two seasons are just awkward and rough and then yeah. they realize okay this is what we actually need to do with the show like next generation's first two seasons were not great Deep Space Nine's first two seasons were not great, and Voyager's first two seasons were not great. Like, with Next Generation, they figured, like, okay, here, here's how we're going to do Star Trek, like, 20 years after it is, also uh, after it first came out. Also, we can get rid of Pulaski now, thank God. Deep, <laughs> Deep Space Nine was like, okay, cool, we'll give them a starship and a proper antagonist. Wonderful. Yeah. And Voyager was like, okay, cool, the Kazon didn't work. We admit that. Uh, Borg. Everyone loves Borg. Give them the Borg. They're in Borg space. That is canon. We can use that. And they did. And they did it really damn well. So, like, it, it just it just it takes time for these show those shows to like to mm. find their feet. Um, which is why, if anyone here is like, if anyone listening has not actually ever watched a Star Trek, uh, Daystrom Institute on Reddit has excellent watch guides for all of them. The jettison all of the chaff that you can still watch if you feel like it. But if you want to get the pure stuff and the actual good season arcs and stuff, just, uh, yeah, hit that up. Just, yeah, don't watch Code of Honor uh, in TNG and you're generally fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's go to Planet Africa. Uh, mm, yeah, maybe mm. let's not. Mm. Uh, mm. But um, but yeah, we should probably uh, not be talking about <laughs> Voyager for twenty minutes. It's so easy though. <laughs> oh it, yeah, it is. Um, I'll. I'll I just want to talk of... about like Jadzia all day. Jadzia is cool because Dax is is my favorite. I do I do like I I, I DS Nine is my favorite series. So. <laughs> You're like we should stop talking about that. You engage like, me. Hey, you engage me. This is your fault. Yeah, fair enough. That's my. I blame fault. you. I blame you. Uh, but yes, Picard series looks really good. Um, so I've heard people saying that um, the Borg being well looks like a Borg being disassembled on a table you see for a split second is mm-hmm. Hugh. I've heard I've heard that too, and I think I read something about the fact that uh, he's the actor's been cast in that particular role. So Ooh. yay, Hugh! Yeah. That sounds cool. I'm super looking forward to it. It's only going to be like ten episodes long, I think. So I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it because it just it's just going to be really interesting to see a post nemesis like world. Yes, just to I see mean, the mainline continuity again. You know, it's a thing that we've wanted for so long. Like we just want to see what the Federation looks like after Nemesis, after the destruction of Romulus, all of that other stuff. Like we just we do want to see the future. Uh, as opposed to yeah. that one fucking flash forward in Enterprise where it's like, oh, it's the Enterprise J. And that's all we get. <laughs> I was get. literally streaming with Longfang last night and we had a we don't talk about the Enterprise J moment. <laughs> no, because that design is absolutely hideous. It was cobbled together in like literally hours because yeah. they were told like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're filming in like three days. Design the Enterprise J for us and we need to have it on like a, menu, a thing on the screen on the side. You can tell how cheap that scene is because it's set hundreds of years in the future, but they didn't have the time to make new ships, so the ships flying around outside are like a Defiant, a Nova class. Like, they're just regular ships that by that point would be like 400 years old. Yeah. Well, they're just being really hipstery, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I just like it's just the chassis of like a, uh, an old I mean, Star- it's, Star- it's not like there's not any precedent for that, considering how long Starfleet kept the Excelsior class running. And Miranda's. Yeah. Like those are some those are some old school ships that really have no business serving for a hundred and twenty years as ships yeah. of the line. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> Although, admittedly, um, then we go to the other sci-fi that we talk about a lot on this podcast, Forty K, where all oh, the ship is literally over ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't really have like Forty K fans. Forty K fans cannot throw stones at Star Trek for having long, yeah, ser- yeah. long serving ships in service when it's just like, oh well, this thing is. Literally millennia old and is older than the empire it now serves in. So, like, they, we, we literally do not know who built this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just always been here, <laughs> and we only know it how was about like that when we got yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, we we sort of understand about sixty percent of the tech on board. Yeah, this you got you got to shove dolphins in there, and they'll <laughs> <laughs> they'll help you out with navigation because um, dolphins understand space. Dolphins are warp creatures, is what I'm saying. Yes, Dolphins understand spice. <laughs> they love spice. Because the ocean spice. is exactly the same as space. <laughs> it is. Well, it's got probably way more fucking horrors in it than actual space does. Yeah, The true. ocean is fucking true. terrifying. We should just, like, remove it. I'm sick of it. We'll go to the 41st millennium. And okay. It's just gone. We're all the seas aboard. We boiled now. it away, which is a thing that can well, happen. Well, honestly, that's probably, like, what's going to save humanity, because, like, the ocean will rise up against us any no, day that's, now. No, they're called tides, dear. 
No. I've seen it. It's threatening me. You stand on a beach and it starts going for you. It can't help it. It's just vicious. I'm going to move on. Okay? Yeah, that's probably for the best, okay. actually. Um, I've gone a bit troppo over here. Putting, putting Star Trek to one side because uh, Picard looks really interesting. Can't wait to see it. Um, one last thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I may have bought a new army. Uh, oh, how you in? Oh God, you're so bad with money. I would never. <laughs> after the last podcast, where someone asked, like, "Oh, what armies would you like? What other armies would you like to like collect?" And I was like, because I've been kind of thinking about it anyway. Of like, I kind of like to collect like a, a wraith guard based Eldar army. Armies, 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 <laughs> <Yes>. and maybe paint them in like kind of a themed thing. So maybe they're like statues or something. Like maybe like an exodite force, and like they're just like the statues around the settlement, and then when they're needed for defense, they get activated, and they and so I thought that might be a fun way to have like you a, have twenty seconds yeah, to comply. That might be a fun kind of way to do theme one, and so the only like normal Eldar will just be like spirit seers. Oh, yeah, you've got like one. Yeah, one normal, one guy, normal guy who will just be painted normally because they're just regular. Are you going to call him Eldar Jim? <laughs> I will not. No, that's then you've you're fucking up. It'll be J apostrophe M. I was just going to make yes. that joke. Yes. <laughs> It'd be Jim. Jim. Yeah, no, I like that. That's really cool. James, if you're nasty. James, um, <laughs> if you're nasty. Um, but then it, and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And then I was like looking at like how much that would actually cost to buy. And then it turned out the apocalypse boxes were literally the army that I wanted to build. Mm-hmm. But at half price, go. and then getting them through a reseller, I could get them even less than that. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. And I'm like, That's well, I kind of how want... they get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I kind of wanted to build that next year, but those boxes won't be around next year, so I either buy it now or I buy it in a year's time and like... spend twice as much. Yeah. So you're literally an idiot for not buying it. Fuck it, I guess I'm buying it. Does completely screw my uh, ratio for like bought to painted this year. But since I'm painting them in a theme and I'm just literally doing Duncan's guide on doing a statue army for it, like that guide that guide is extraordinarily good and I'm disappointed that I painted my two Stormcast uh, Shadespire warbands not using that one because mm. It's actually better, and I might have to go back and change the color scheme. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's a good-looking thing, and I'm interested to see how it looks on the uh, the Wraith God. It should look should look well, cool. It's just it's just a lot of um, dry brushing and washes. Yeah, it's just it? dry brushes and washes. Which I know I've like basically oversimplified. That's just hobby no, painting, it, apparently. No, that is literally it. <laughs> no, no, it, yeah, is, no. It, it absolutely yeah. is. I, w- I will say though, Wib, if you want to up- if you want to like really give those things a bit of a, a bit of some oomph is find some way of getting, like, not necessarily static grass, but something that could look like moss. Um, I was thinking about that, actually. I know that there's, there's like, there's directions to wash some Coelia green shade into the recesses, which which helps. But if you actually want to just elevate it from these look like stone to, oh, these must actually be stone. It is just getting moss and leaves and stuff and kind of stuffing them into the Mm. cracks. And just, like, it just, it makes them pop so well. What I was thinking of doing was uh, doing them like to the guide, and then I was going to like get some extra bits and pieces, like an, an old model or something, and paint it in the same style. But then experiment with like um, gluing flock to it in different ways, mm. yeah, exactly. And seeing if that would and seeing if that would work, because in theory that that should work. But I might have to like go out and get some very specifically coloured flock. I think you probably would, because that's so obviously like grass. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so flock, like so. darker stuff would probably like, work better. A, a richer kind of green. I might actually, 
I think, because, uh, okay, ages ago, uh, Drummer Matt bought, like, a job lot of um, stuff off eBay, and oh, it just shit. came with a box full of, like, woodland scenic stuff that the guy just included was like, oh, by the way, I've given you this as well for free. I love it when that happens. Mm-hmm. And Matt was like, I don't know what to do with it. Hey, do you want it? <laughs> and I think we've still got the darker flock, so I'll have to have a look and see if that would be yeah. suitable. Uh, but yeah, so that's my my next project. But the thing is, because it is all dry brushing and washing, and isn't all edge highlighting and absurd freehand, I <laughs> should I, it should actually be quite quick to paint. So in theory, I should be able to get the entire force, which is like eight hundred and fifty ish points, depending on how I load them out. Um, whilst I've got like a bunch of magnetization to do for the wraith knights, oh, yeah, uh, you, not you wraith knights, wraith lords. Really tiny magnets today, and they were super tiny, like Oculus, like um, weird you know baby those... magnets. Yeah. yeah, like, do you know those kind of, like, um, you get the A4, like, reinforced envelopes that you mm-hmm. always get, like, your, your qualifications in, and it's just got, do not bend yeah. on it. There was, like, a tiny version of that. Yeah. It was minuscule. It was, like, I don't know, like, A... A, a eight or something. It was so tiny. It, w- it wasn't quite that small. It was but tiny. It was, very and small. it was so cute. And then like it just came out with like the tiny little magnets, and I just lost my fucking They're mind. Two, two millimeters by half a millimeter. They're, so They're tiny. the smallest oh, ones I could find. That is adorable. They're little babies. They're adorable. And um, so yeah, I've got that that fun of of, mag- of doing all the magnetization for those. I'm probably gonna need a few magnets. Good job. I've got an excess of other sized ones. Thank you. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, hopefully I should be able to paint them pretty quick because, like, the theory is, is that I once I've got them all assembled, which will take a little while because I mean, there's like fifteen wraith guard well, and I mean, two wraith lords. You've already got like five. Yeah, I've, I've like, assembled five of them so, so far. But it does take a little while to assemble those With things. With you know, that horrifying glue accident you had. Oh, yeah. I, I may have glued them together during one of the obscenely hot nights and the glue was starting to go weird and some of it just fell out of the tube and I didn't notice and got <laughs> all over the shoulder pads of one of them. But I was able to scrape most of it off because despite being super glue, it took hours to harden. It's so, it was so a fucking mush. hot, though. Yeah. It was really weird. I um, hate got... super glue so much. Oh, I hate it. I hate it's it so much. It's the worst thing in the world. I it hate super glue, fun. but I hate plastic glue more. Yeah, I'm the same. So... No, no, I would no, no, fully love plastic glue. I'll take that. Well, you can have that. ours then, because oh my god, I, I hate it so much. I think but I think I hate it's super glue slightly mm, less. I think it's because I, I'm I'm used to fixing things with super glue and know how to do it. Whereas when you mess up with plastic glue, it like literally melts the parts of the model you're working on. So no, Oculus is just basically yeah. humble bragging about being like a pro. He's pro at gluing. <laughs> he's pro at gluing. So he's just he's just mocking us like really subtly. <laughs> Listen, you've got to put you've got to put the hours in if you want to get any sort of results. <laughs> It's like, look, if you don't want to commit and be good at stuff, that's, like, your issue. Fucking casuals. (laughs) Casual glue use. (laughs) Get on your level, man. I bet you still use PVA, you dirty... I'm trying to think, like... Why don't you just go back and use a Prit stick if you're going to be a scrub? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's heating up in the glue, fandom. (laughs) The glue discourse is quite toxic, I will warn you. Okay, anyone commenting and being getting into arguments about glue in the comments will be banned. <laughs> because we're not tolerating it. I adore the idea of just throwing up a video on YouTube just like, anyone who uses army painter plastic glue is a fucking cuck. <laughs> 
think Hercus <laughs> so, oh, Dragonblade will be Ken, doing that. Calm down. Yes, Hercus Dragonblade. <laughs> yeah, he'll be doing that oh, next. I'm, look, I'm looking <laughs> that for very it. real YouTuber <laughs> <laughs> that exists and is better than all of us. The very, the very real hobby slash lore personality that is Hercules Dragonblade. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to ask him to do a video on like all of the basic bitch glues and why they all suck. Yes. And why you need to use like a special glue and if you don't then like you should literally have your army taken away and <laughs> melted down in front of your eyes and then f- like then they force it Force feed it to your family. If you don't use vintage Games Workshop glue from around fourth edition, that's then literally you're just not like using talcum powder right now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's me done. Anyway, uh, no, I, I, do know. I bought Eldar and I've, yeah. Talk and about the it. basic glue, like the filthy glue casuals. <laughs> it's like you know, like super glue is like that's just like that's just skipping so many steps, and you need to own the discipline. Oculus, please tell us what you've been doing with yourself. Save us from this. He's been working on a really big script hell. about glue. Oh yeah, I've been I've been talking about how the Imperial. F- my next lore video will be about how the Forge World of Lucius produces the best glue in the Imperium. Um, yeah, and if you don't use it, then you're a heretic. It's it rendered holds the it, whole empire together. Yeah. It's actually it's actually rendered down from a combination of like Grox innards and captured heretics. Perfect. This is canon. Uh, what have I been doing? Uh, what have I been doing? Yeah, I just... Um, I uh, I recently visited my ancestral homeland of Ireland, which was fun, uh, and ate uh, pretty much nothing but scones and fish and chips uh, because those are the things that I can't get over here as well as I can get back there. So that was great. And uh, I also got engaged there, which was fun. So, congratulations. Yes, thank yes, congratulations you. again. Yeah, yes, thank that you. is good yes. news. Yeah. It is good news. I am an engaged mon now, which is, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, but what have I been doing in terms of like hobby stuff? Um, I, I don't know if anyone who follows me on Twitter, you can get at me at, at buttstuffkaiju, plug. But if you're there, you see, you can <laughs> see... Um, you say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> If you're there, you would have seen a while ago that I picked up a massive second-hand Adeptus Titanicus uh, lot. Now, this it's not even, like, necessarily second-hand. Two warlords and three knights got put together, and then the rest of it is all still new in box and new on sprue. I got it for absolutely nothing compared to what I would have had to pay if I wanted a second Titan maniple. Yeah, so now, spoiler alert, Oculus stole it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, the it was back... quite literally a steal. <laughs> it was quite literally a steal from some back alley near Dundas and Spadina. Yeah, some guy just opens his coat and about falls over. He's like, mate, oof, do you want to buy some... <laughs> You're right. Want some warlords? Can you push in some war What are you buying, stranger? <laughs> You're you right, mate. You want the warlord upgrade sprue? Yeah. First one's free. First one's free. You want the Arioch power claw? <laughs> um, no, I paid for it legitimately of a Facebook marketplace interaction. Um, but it's it's great. It like I, I I made my first Titan Maniple at some point last year. Still have not played the game, but now I've bought a second Titan Maniple to make in order so that I can actually find someone to play the game with me. Because specialist games like Adeptus Titanicus can be a little bit of a buy-in and they can have a very small player base. So I have, in my infinite wisdom, decided to create my own player base. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm painting it up. Um, I've decided to opt for a very simple-ish paint scheme since um, the last Titan Maniple took a fucking age. Because if you haven't oh, yeah. seen Adeptus Titanicus minis, they're 
fucking gorgeous and insanely detailed. So they take they take some time. I have um, a warlord. I, I, I haven't finished building it yet because exactly. of many other things. But like, <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful looking models. They're, they're like the so, level of detail they are is great. So gorgeous. And titans are one of my favorite aspects about the 40k universe. Mm. And the idea that I can have a small model count game that plays almost like a like navy, like a spaceships fighting game is just wonderful. It's going to be a very simple color scheme. I'm basically just undercoating everything in a lead belcher spray and then throwing the new Talisar blue contrast paint over it so I get a nice metallic blue. And then cool. it's going to be like really, really bright silver highlights around all of the piping. And then some little detail work. It should not hopefully take me as long as the first Maniple did because ya boy wants to start actually playing that game once summer <laughs> is over. It is really fun. I've played one game of it and I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, Warhounds were particularly fun because you just like trying to outflank each other like constantly with them they're really fun i'm probably gonna shoot for that um i think it's the regia maniple which is just two warlords and two warhounds because that is the only thing that i could ever possibly want out of a titan maniple <laughs> i get you i get you like uh, i no disrespect to reavers but warlords rule everything and they're the best um so that's, really I mean, and, like, as far as other hobby stuff goes, I finished off my Chaos Dwarf Army a short while back uh, because nice. I'm an insufferable hipster and I must play a dead faction made entirely out of resin. Uh, you're, talking to, you're talking to a person that has literally been like using my Blood Angels with a ton of Rogue Trader models in them. <laughs> literally, so I, like, I, wipe, I, I wiped out a squad last time we played that was literally all Rogue Trader models. Oh yeah, my Stone Guard is entirely Rogue Trader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and the, the Chaos Dwarf Army are now fully magnetized on their bases so that they stick to things because I can't afford all the foam that I would need for all, oh, those, yeah. very, oh, yeah. all those very large war machines that they have. Mm. Um, and again, that's something I'm hoping to play around about fall because I also want to get cut my teeth on Age of Sigmar pretty soon because that game seems like a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what else have we done beyond that? We, we we talked about Star Trek. I'm actually doing a Deep Space Nine rewatch right now. Um, oh, nice. For the, first, for the first time in like a decade. Uh, and I had actually forgotten how amazingly consistent that show is in terms of like just overall plot, character development, all that jazz. Um, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Cisco as a captain. I think he's decent, but he's he definitely ranks below the others as far as just general captaincy goes. I, I can understand that. But he like, likes the baseball. He does like the baseball. <laughs> he does like the baseball. That is his... How do you feel? Because I feel that DS9 is probably the... It's my favorite series of Star Trek. But how do you feel about the Mirror Universe episodes? Because I f- personally, I feel like they are an ungodly stain on a really good series because they're basically all bad. I. This is the thing. I've been ignoring all of them for the rewatch. I, so I <laughs> haven't... Skip I, them? I'm just skipping them. Like they don't impact. They don't impact every, anything much. Going I literally forward. did the same. <laughs> like they're, they're they're just for fun. The mirror universe in general is just kind of a fun concept. So it's just goofy episodes that let the actors kind of ham it up. Mm-hmm. So you know, I appreciate it for that. Like if I ever want to go back and watch Deep Space Nine characters just absolutely chewing through the scenery, oh, yeah. <laughs> I will watch the I will watch the mirror universe episodes. But right now I'm just kind of skipping them. Yeah, because I, I watched through, like, the whole thing, like, uh, probably, 
year and a half, two years ago now. Something like that. And watched through the whole run of DS9 again. And then, like, about six months ago, I just kind of, like, slowly was chipping through it again, just just in the background whilst I'd be painting or whatever, just have it on in the background mm-hmm. and just skipping any episodes I didn't like. So, you know, skipping through awful things like, was it Profit and Lace and things like that. Just, but the Mirror Universe ones were the absolute ones. I was like, I, I don't feel like I want to watch those again because I think they'd annoy me twice as much the second time around. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I just find them a pity because especially when they happen like in the middle of a series where there's a heavy continuity going on and you're like, I want to know what's happening. I don't want to go to the Mirror Universe. I want to know what's happening in the actual plot where things matter. <laughs> yeah, and actually do matter more than almost any other track in terms of yeah. like an, an overall meta plot. God, DS Lines is good. Mm. Um, so watching that... What else? What, 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 what else have I been doing? Oh, um, I cannot sing the praises more highly for House of X by Jonathan Hickman. Um, it's if any of you are like reading comic book, comic booky fans, uh, Mar- Marvel are relaunching their X Men titles, like huge, sweeping, line wide oh. rejig oh. of the whole thing. I know. Why did you I have know. to tell me that? I've been out of this for years. <laughs> well, guess what? You're about to oh. go back in because, like, the X Men, like they've been languishing for yeah. years. And though Marvel consistently deny it, everyone knows it's because they don't, they hadn't up until this year had the movie rights to them. So they couldn't really get as much money out of it as they could by putting out another half dozen Avengers comics. Um, Because that name sells like like crazy now. Mm. Um, But now they do. And they have gotten probably my favorite comic book author ever to just mastermind a full massive paradigm change for what the X-Men are and what they do. And the first issue, House of X, dropped this week. I finally got the chance to read it yesterday, and it is almost everything I could want. I he's doing a, a little uh, dual series, House of X and Powers of X, that are going to be basically one book and out of spread over two. Yeah. It's going to run between now and October, and I just, I, I'm so excited. I really oh, Yeah, no, I think I'm going to have to just buckle and get that run. Because honestly, like, I stopped reading after, this is, this shows you how long I've been out, um, where they all, like, the X-Men all moved to San Francisco and had, like, a little island that Magneto had just slopped up from the ocean or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a while ago. It was a while ago. That was and when I, I got um, really f- Matt Fraction was writing a lot, wasn't Yeah, I, I'm yep. not a fan of, like, Matt Fraction stuff. I mean, like, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, like... Oh, and like the thing is, like they kept putting Matt Fraction in with Greg Land. Oh yeah, we and all, I, yeah. Oh, I know. I hate Greg. Land. I hate. Greg oh, it's horrible. And like it <laughs> literally it's not, ruined. It's like, even if there were good moments, it ruined it with porn star face. And oh, I yeah. just got so fed up with it. I if you're canceled. if you're not aware, people at home, Greg Land is an art is a comic artist who Quotations. traces traces most of the stuff he does and he quite traces, often traces it from porn no, no majority of the time he traces porn but he will also rip off other comic book artists, oh yeah which is like wow uh, which, which is why whenever you see uh women um like a, a female hero in pain they all look like they're coming because they are yeah <laughs> it's pretty, pretty much nice. it's yeah. not great it's not great but i yeah. mean I, I will say for their san francisco tenure they did um they did at one point get taken over by kieran gillen for Kieran a Gillen, very, yeah. very short-lived run on Uncanny X-Men that was just mm. excellent. And I will tell you, I'll tell you why it's excellent, because Kieran Gillen writes a really, really good Emma Frost. 
And oh, yeah. Yeah, I have I have this uh, certainty that Emma Frost can only really be written by a British person or someone who has a lot of experience with fairly acidic types of British humor. Because yeah. anytime she is, like with uh, Kieran Gillen or Cy Spurrier or even Joss Whedon, like I think, uh, yeah, no, that's my she favorite. is she is as arch and acidic as she needs to be, but with stuff like. Like with Bendis's run on X-Men, which I enjoyed overall, Emma never sounded like Emma. She mm. just never had the Emma voice that I really want from her. Yeah, um, I, th- I think a lot of people struggle with her like vocal tics as well. So they'll mm-hmm. throw in a love or something here and it's just like that sounds really weird yeah. to she someone has, who's like British. She just has to be a bitch. Yeah, she's got to be a nasty piece of work. She's got to be, She's a shady bitch. She is, and she has to, and it has to reflect that. That doesn't mean that she doesn't do good things. It oh, just yeah. means she can still be a total bitch while doing it. Exactly. And that's why we love her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I love, like, I mean, I love uh, the Joss Whedon, um, John Cassidy run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, uh, years and years ago now. I can't remember the name of it, but, like. Aston- Astonishing X-Men. Yeah, yeah. and Still um, fully recommended. Yeah, it's fantastic. That was the first, like. Because I'd read, I'd read comic books before, but that was like the first long run of comics I read, and it sort of ruined things a little bit for me. Because <laughs> it was drawn Because I really like the art, and I, and I thought mm-hmm. that, though, though I, I, you know, there are criticisms of Joss Whedon's writing style. Oh, yeah, definitely. And of Joss Whedon, but, you know, I think his sort of voice really suited that particular run. Also, it made Cyclops into an interesting character, Gun which rarely happens because he just shoots people. <laughs> He's, he, he wasn't shooting people. He was, quote, just trying to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I thought that was great. I'll, I'll say as well, like, you don't need to have been up on X-Men continuity at all to enjoy this. Like, I I, I mean, they're, they're very much intending it to be like a reboot like like, like an astonishing X-Men moment or like a Grant Morrison new X-Men moment where it's mm. like just jump in here and run with it. I know cool. that I'm sa- I know that I'm sounding like I'm pimping it a whole lot but like the X-Men are some of my favorite comic book things ever. Oh dude, I absolutely fucking adore X-Men. I get when it. they are written well, they are so good. They are so necessary and they and right now especially they're just so timely. And I need them to be good. And I'm so excited for them to be good <laughs> again. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty much what and where I'm at with uh, all the stuff that I'm doing with my life right now. I'm going to see the new Tarantino later on today. So that should be fun, oh, yeah. hopefully. Okay. I wasn't even aware of where he had one out. <laughs> that shows how on the pulse I am. Yeah, one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So oh, it's a, yeah. It, it's a Tarantino movie about Hollywood, which should make it pretty interesting. Oh, God, okay. It'll be an hour and a half of solid masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. It'll be a history of Hollywood, but only pointed at feet. Oh, God. Uh, uh, anyway. So, Snipe. Yes. Uh, what have you been up to then? So many things. Okay, okay. I've just forgotten them all immediately. Oh uh, well, they're written on a notepad <laughs> file that's on screen right oh, now. Oh shit! Yeah, no, that. So that. you can use your eyeballs, just rotate them over to it. I can't. And, and read the it's, letters and can make them into words. I can't do that. Is it too much? It's too much. It's too much. Well, I believe in you. I know you can get through this. No, you're cranky with me, and you're saying that, so I do it. 
<laughs> I mean, does it really matter which is which is true? No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I did. Oh God. I did watch something new and I can't remember what it was, but it's fine. Um, I've been, I have been I got Dishonored 2 today. Whoop! Yeah, because yeah, like, I tried to play the first one and it just made me angry. And I wasn't very good at it, which made me angry. So it, was, I, it was still a, it was a bit janky. It was a bit jank. Yeah. yeah, it was. But yeah. um, it's basically like just starting up Dishonored 2 basically just fills me in everything. <laughs> and I fucking knew that, like mild spoilers but not really I just fucking knew that Corvo was like Emily's dad like the literally yeah. start of the first game I was like that's that's his kid and then it's like there must have been a big like oh, Corvo did you know that while you were fucking the Empress she just had a baby and he's like oh you mean, when she, you mean when we did loads of fucking and then she disappeared for nine months wow and like, then yeah, came back with weird. a baby who looked fucking exactly like me <laughs> had the mask and everything yeah you're like, where did you get that? Oh, she came out like that. <laughs> just pulled a knife on you. Like, oh, <laughs> pulled a knife on the nurse or something. It's like, oh, okay. But yeah, um, so it kind of just explains, like, it, it, it kind of gives you a synopsis of the first game so that you know where you are. And I'm like, thank you, because the old game is a bit tricky for me to get into because mm. of, of aforementioned jank. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was like, it, I was quite surprised it gives you the choice to play as Corvo or Emily. I was like, ooh, this is cool. So, of mm. course, I chose Emily. Because, mm. like, as daddy as Corvo is, because he's literally a daddy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to play as the girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cool. And it's like, I do like her. And I think, like, this, the kind of, there's, there's a part um, that kicks off all of the... Uh, what's the word? That, that kicks off the plot that's quite like, oh, no, okay. All right, I mm. yep, I I am motivated. You've got me. The inciting yeah. incident, I believe, yes. it's officially called. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I did film studies for like two years, but I can't fucking remember. A I've damn watched thing. a lot of YouTube videos, which basically means I'm more educated than anyone else. You're more educated than me, who literally studied for. <laughs> yeah, okay, you got me. You fucking got me. But we have yeah. to get to the town before the inciting incident festival starts. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. McGuffin. But yeah. Um, And it's just, it's honestly, it really gives me pangs of like, thief. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't mind that. I mean, I I used to play that as a little girl and I sucked at it because I was a child. But like, I remember once I was trying to sneak up on this one guy and he was standing in front of a metal floor and I kept going... And then alerting him and dying. And I got so mad, I put it down and never played it again. <laughs> because I couldn't possibly figure out how to get around this metal floor. Because <laughs> I was clang, such an clang, idiot clang, child. Clang, clang, yeah, I'm like, clang. I'm, it's like I'm just literally walking along, smashing two like, frying pans together. Why you know, is everyone noticing me? You see, I was thinking like hiding in plain sight. I took it a bit too literally. Yeah. If, like, if I'm literally running around screaming, then I couldn't possibly be a murderer. It's why, if you want to get into, say, like, the Houses of Parliament, you just wear, like, a Shrek wear mask. Wear a really bad wig, and just, you'll be Prime Minister. <laughs> the oh. Shrek mask also applies there. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking by, cool. the, by the method of be so <laughs> so weird that everyone just assumes that they're hallucinating. Yeah. And go, oh, well, that's that's obviously a figment of my imagination. I've done too much cocaine in the bathrooms of the House oh, of that's, Parliament. Oh, that's too much cocaine of what I've done there. Oof. Um, Silly me. Because that's a frequent occurrence. <laughs> hit up, uh, up Govey Boy, he'll tell you how to get it. Um, 
But yeah, um, I like it. The characters are cool. Um, I'm. It's it's been quite easy. It's been going easy on me because it's the start of the game. Mm. Uh, the Corvus voice is. It's you know that kind of American hard guy voice in video games where it's like, yeah. So I went into this place and I killed like forty. You know that really gravelly deep voice. Yeah. Yes, I I call that voice. I call that voice the John Stone. Yes, John Stone. (laughs) Or the the Simon Fist, or like (laughs) just like Simon Fist, who literally (laughs) he literally he literally comes in and he's like. He's like down on the floor, and then he punches someone. He goes, "I didn't say, I didn't say, Simon says my name is Johnny Punch. <laughs> like, my name is Johnny Punch, and I work at Thundercock Industries <laughs> on behalf of the CIA. My name is Clint Roundhouse. <laughs> I you were gonna say, my name is David Cunnilingus." <laughs> My name is Tex Manly. I like that one way better. <laughs> so yeah, you get so far, and they do just become porn names. Yeah, but that's, that's kind much. of like the yeah. joy of it. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like it's it's not a deal breaker. I just thought it was like a, a funny point of note. It was like Corvo's mm. like ah, that's my girl, and it's like oh. You see, I have two problems with Dishonored. Uh, one is that they spell Dishonored wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> and two is that um, I'm really bad at it because mm-hmm. I'm not very good at stealth games anyway and I'm especially bad at first-person first stealth person games. First-person stealth games are a whole extra yeah. difficulty level. But I, but I, but it really annoys me because I love the general look of everything. The aesthetic and the setting is amazing. Yeah, it's it's so much. cool. Yeah, it's just so cool looking, mm. and I'm like, I want to be good at that. It's like, it's like a, a AAA version of any given Devolver game. I want to be good <laughs> at it, but I'm just not. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I've been I've been enjoying like the setting and the characters and like the gameplay as well. Uh, <laughs> she says, apparently surprised, <laughs> um, but no, it's like my biggest problem that I encountered was because you have your pistol in your left hand and you have your sword in your right. It's like it's it's left mouse for your right-handed weapon, mm-hmm. and then like right-click for your pistol that's in your left hand. See, when I first picked up the crossbow, I thought that it, because I changed the controls, which honestly was really easy to do, because a lot of games, like if you try and change from WASD to the arrow keys for like a lefty setup, it just freaks out and dies so i was like it was it was quite well you know quite quite good to get swapped over so i was like okay that's that's fine that was relatively simple there's not a super amount of buttons and then when i got mm-hmm. the crossbow it, she brought it up in the left hand and i was like has it detected arrow keys and just assigned it to my left hand side thinking that that's what i wanted to do no, it's, it's just, just you it always is. keep your, your firearm in your left hand. Like, it makes sense to be that way around because your firearm's like your off weapon and yeah. your knife's your yeah. main weapon, but because it's like, of the it's other like way around. It's like the little pistol kind of shot from I remember Born. playing... Isn't it the same in the first Dishonored? I think it is. Because I remember getting really confused with the game over that and ended up swapping them around myself because <laughs> I was like... I get it. I get why you've done this, but like personally, my brain has real trouble grasping. Yeah. That. So I've just swapped it round. So mm. my my pistol is my left click and my thing is my right. Yeah. But like. I found this out in the worst way. So I was like, the first time I got spotted, I was a good way into the streets. 
And a guy just pops around and goes, Oi, it's her! And I'm like, oh, shit. So I go, <laughs> like, I run up to, like, stab him, and I just go, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I freeze. And, like, you know that part from Last Action Hero where the bad guy just shoots and kills a dude in the real world, and then he, like, stops and waits for the police sirens immediately to happen? And they don't. And he's like, he stops, he looks around, he fires his gun again. And, like, nothing happens. And then he literally just shouts into the street, I have just shot and killed a man in cold blood! And there's, like, a New Yorker that peers out the window. He's like, get out of the streets, you bum! It's basically what happened. Like, nobody noticed that I just... Is, it, so is this a game or is this just you popping down to Tesco? <laughs> oh, like, little column A, little column B. But, uh... <laughs> Derby is truly the land that law forgot. <laughs> Apparently. Don't go, out, don't go out into the Derbyshire Dales, man. It's fucking wild out there. It's the wild west out there. Rampaging think, gangs um, of sheep molesters. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't Derbyshire Dales play like first batsman on the England 1912 <laughs> cricket team? <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> but yeah, so like... I, I, it's interesting. I mean, I like stealth games. I'm usually more of a third-person stealth game. Like my one of my favorite is Splinter Soul Conviction, which you know, as a third-person yeah, stealth game, it's phenomenal. Like that the whole all... if you're hidden, then you're in black and white. If, yeah. if you're in the dark, you're in black and white. I thought was such an amazing thing. And Michael Ironside is such yeah. a boss. That was a third-person. Yeah, that was a third-person. Yeah. Really I also it was also fun because that was and literally that was. Him as Daddy Sam Fisher. I mean, you're not Liter- wrong. Literally, you ain't wrong. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Michael Ironside is fucking great. Oh, he's like, great, just, terrific. Yeah, I have Splinter Cell Blacklist, but it's not Michael Ironside, so I've literally just never installed it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just never needed to bother. Yeah, I'm just like, well, I could just go play Conviction again and have Michael Ironside, and but that'd be fine. But yeah, um, I'm enjoying that, and I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Uh, and also, uh, what I've been doing is, I guess I went and bought a Apocalypse box of Tyranids. Way. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I'm responsible with money. What I what I like is like the story of how this happened was so I ordered mine and it took ages to actually actually arrive. I'll say ages, it's just it's supposed to It just took a while to get in stock. Yeah, it took a while to get in stock because of them being what they are. And like whilst I was waiting, like we were in the food court in like the local like shopping centre. And I just asked you, like, so if you were to make like a new army, what would you have? Was it Tyranids? And I don't want a bunch of big ones. So like basically, because like you know, I like having a uh, a high points cost, low model count. I like those kind of forces. They're yeah. fun. They're and not super great. They're not super great in eighth, but they are fun. I don't care yeah. as long as they're fun. That's all. But yeah, and then <laughs> we were like, hmm. and as we were talking about it, you were just more and more. I, I really want to do this now. <laughs> yeah, I just got more and more like overly hyped about it. Um, just like, oh shit, this is something I require. And then it turned this out that much like me and the Eldar thing, the, um, was it Speartip or what Spearhead. Spearhead, that's the one. Uh, the Spearhead Force, like, um, Apocalypse Force, was pretty much exactly yeah. what you wanted as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. It's how they get you. Yeah. yeah. They've got, like, they've installed, like, spyware on our computer and just, like, know what we want. But yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what kind of colour scheme to paint them. Because I did have, like, before I bought the box, I we had, like, a, a bit of a Counts As game. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, Wib with his, like, counts as, like, Blood Angels, uh, mm-hmm. like, custom chapter. And me with my, all my dreadnoughts with, with post-it notes on them with, like, Carnifex. Trigon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I've turned, uh, I found out that Flyrants are amazing and also fucking huge. Yeah. Yes, they are they very good. They, they are both of those things. Because mm. the wingspan is yeah. the wingspan is nuts, and they're, they're they're not fun to get into combat with. No, no. However, I'm really glad that you've got a uh, trigon because basically, I've, great. I've always wanted an excuse to just have a trigon around the house because I just you're fucking... talking about like it's a cat or something. Yeah, I just fucking love the models for them. They're, they're my so favorite cool. Tyranid model. Mm, they are I don't know why. There's just something about them. Perhaps it's mm. because they're like, what would happen if a Tyranid was a graboid? Yeah. Um, and that's just really cool to me. Well, I mean, I want to get um, I want to get some warriors just to kind of like um, I patch up patch up my stuff. synapse range. Um. Because for those who don't know, um, the, you need synapse, synapse creatures in your army to basically stop them from be from di- like diverting to their like basic instincts of just mauling, mauling everything and not being as good at shooting. Yeah. So if you have a synapse creature within like twelve inches, or depending on what you take, eighteen, then they tend to not be as good, and you it's tricky to control them basically. So I need to just patch mm-hmm. up that. And... It's basically like, um, it's kind of like the aura effects on Space Marine um, characters, except rather than it being a, an aura that is positive, it's they, a have, a, they have a debuff by default, so you yeah. have to take these to nullify that debuff. Which I think is a really interesting kind of mechanic, because someone who's basically just played Space Wolves since she started... It's it's a really cool kind of mix yeah. up. Mar- Marines are fun, and oh, there's a I, lot I of really, interest. I love my. I mean, my hell, you you play them as like an all dreadnought force, so it's yeah. you know not even a regular marine force, but you know it's it my is baby force. It is very interesting to go into play <laughs> games with radically different things. I mean, my yeah. main army is orcs, and those play so much different to my blood angels. Yeah, and my Eldar are presumably going to play different to both of them Definitely. by being crap. Hey. Um, <laughs> just balanced differently, you fool. Oh no, no! Like the build that I'm running with, just it basically, it's like, oh yeah. By the way, uh, don't run Wraithguard like this. I'm like, well, look, I'm running them like this. <laughs> Can't hear you of how much I'm running Wraithguard like this. They're built for fun, and if <laughs> I die every time, I don't mind because I. I have a fun themed army. Okay. And also, if if I'm the Wraith Guard's worst weapon is still strength ten. Yep. <laughs> so you know. Not mad about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so like I'm I'm still trying to think of like a colour scheme. I was kind of like playing with the idea of like making them Doom kind of themed. Mm. Like um because yeah, I fucking High love Fleet Cacodemon. High Fleet, yeah. There's a, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, but the thing is, it's like all the names are like. Oh, come on. High Fleet Spider Mastermind would be great. I, I thought know. you honestly were going to suggest High Fleet Spider Man. <laughs> which, you know what? That's. If I had. Not mad. I, no, that's actually pretty cool. High Fleet Man Spider would kind of make sense. That would be fun, yeah. But, um. But yeah, but I don't know. It's a tricky one because like, there's no real kind of like, what's the word? Like, like singular color scheme that could like draw all of them together. Like pinkies and and like mm. hell barons and stuff. And like, they're all quite. They have quite different palettes of colors, which again, like fluff wise, would be fine for tyranids. But like, 
but I want my army to have a bit of cohesion there. So it's it's a bit tricky. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably yeah. going to be a Bixman. Or they all need to be assembled. So you've got. Yeah, time I haven't. To, I haven't uh, even clipped them off the sprue yet. They're just kind of sat there on the corner, going, "I am a very expensive thing to trip over right now." <laughs> I mean, isn't that just the definition of Warhammer models, like, in general? Yeah, well, no, it's an expensive thing to dust for a lot (laughs) of them. But, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's pretty much all I've been doing. Okay, okay, cool. Well, um, like last time, uh, we don't have the questions email. Because Drama Matt has kept it in his bum. Um... Because, by the way, uh, all joking aside, uh, Drummer Matt has got, like, officially married now. Yes, he's so. married to Warmaster Ruth now. And that's, and that's one of yeah. the things, because, you know, we went, to, we went to the ceremony and everything, and it was really nice. It was really cool. We, we even had a surprise, like, because Drummer Matt and Ruth had put a bunch of, like, of our friends' bands on. Yeah. And then at the end, it turned out Matt's brother, Nat, because, yeah, like, Drummer Matt has two brothers, so it's Matt, Nat, and Ed. <laughs> but yeah. what, Nickelo- what Nickelodeon show from the nineties? Yeah, I know it's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> it's, so, cheap, it's like the cheap knockoff of that. Yeah, Dramat's like brother had like or Pete and Pete. Yeah, had 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 decided that uh, Mr. Wolf, the band that played had just played, would loan us their in- like instruments. He had he had told Mr. Wolf this as well. Yeah, we didn't know. No, and like anyone with a uh, trumpet, like a horn, had gone like gone and packed them up. So Zoe, our saxophone player, just was going bah, 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 just in the microphone. <laughs> so yeah, we just we just played a, a, one of our songs just out of nowhere. Like oh okay, that was kind of nuts. Yeah, it was really fun though because uh, we spent the entire night. Um, because once you've played in a band for like a decade, whenever you go to, go to somewhere where bands are playing, you, you end up with this horrible people. Yeah, ha- well, you have this horrible like itch at the back of your brain that says that you sh- that you should be getting yourself set up to play. Yeah, my brain the whole time was like, you've forgotten your bass guitar. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so, so it kind of scraps that itch. So I'm, I'm grateful of it, and it was a lot yeah, of fun. It was and, fun. Um, it was fun. But yes, yeah, so congratulations to drummer Matt and Ruth. Yes, yay! Congrats. It, it was lovely, and... Um, they've been together yeah. for, like, 11 years. Yeah, they've been together a long oh, time. Yeah. So. They've been living in sin. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm married, and I'm still living in sin. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they ain't fucking special. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, questions. Questions. Okay, so, yeah. We're doing what we did last time, so and be, yeah. we put a question, a thing up on Twitter. And now we will do the asking of the questions. Um, so we need, and so we're going to go through them. I'm sorry if we don't get to every single one of them. We're going to um, try, though. But we'll so. get to as many as many as we can, um, and uh, we'll answer these questions. So the first one, funnily enough, comes from very real, actual YouTuber, and not another person entirely faking it, Herkness Dragonblade. <gasps> I love that guy. That guy is prime hobby content. Oh yeah, he's the one. He uses like the fanciest glue. He yeah. knows everything, yeah. and he's got his own custom chapter. And he is asking, what is the worst thing that Gamers Workshop has done? One, com- oh, those, game- those Gamers Workshop yes. always is up to no good. Uh, is it comedy goblins in a serious setting? Monkeys with technology in serious setting? <laughs> Way too cheap prices for kids? Or every edition except 4th edition? Expect 4th edition. Oh, expect 4th edition. But I- I'm going to read between the lines and think he's saying except 4th yeah, edition. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he might. I think he might absolutely have the courage of his own language convictions. That is true. No, no, he he knows what he's saying. Uh, he says Honestly, he, he he's he knows more about forty k than any of us have ever forgotten. Wait, yeah. no, it's the other way. And around. any of you out there, 
Like you think, you think you might know 40k. No, no, this man is a true gamer. This man knows more than anyone else. He is a true gamer TM of the 40ks and every yeah. other tabletop system. But we should answer his question as quickly as possible. Mm. I would say uh, the worst thing about it is that it's too cheap. It because, is. And it's obviously aimed at children, which is ruining everything. Because if more people can enjoy my hobby, I get angry. It's a zero-sum game. Mm. Uh, the the more people enjoy something, the less your enjoyment is. Exactly. So children should uh, not gonna, be able I'm, to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree on this because children will never have experienced the just absolute gaming purity that mm. is Warhammer 40,000 4th Edition. It's not for children. They never will be. And the more of these children... The more of these casual children that get involved with our hobby. Our hobby. Because we own it. Our hobby. No, sorry, sorry dear. We... You don't own it because you're not a white man, so you don't oh, own it. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. Um, can, I, can I tag along? You can, you can tag along, but yeah. just, just know that... I'm on thin fucking yeah, ice. Yeah, you're on thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about That's that. okay. It's okay. It's one of those things. Uh, and the more, the more children that get involved with this hobby, the less likely it is for us to return to those days <sighs> when everything made sense. Mm. And also, boob plate. <laughs> I'm going to go on yes. to the next question. That's yes. probably for the uh, best. I've got the devil in me yeah. today. Bro. The next one is from Christian, asking, what is our favourite genre for stories, movies, or games? And mine would be sci-fi, um, as a general, a general rule of thumb. Okay. I have a bit of a soft spot for sci-fi horror, which you don't Ooh, get, you don't get as often as I'd like. But, Dead, Space um, was, Dead Space 2 is my mm. favourite sci-fi horror game ever. Well, it's like, yeah, I really like Dead Space and things like Alien and, like, um, John Carpenter's The Thing are some mm-hmm. of my favourite movies ever. So, yeah. you know. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, there's, I mean, sci-fi is going to really be the only answer here. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as, I, as much as I absolutely love fantasy, science fiction has a bit more uh, breadth, I guess, in scope. Mm. You can kind of do more with it. And plus, you can kind of almost build fantasy elements into sci-fi if you mm. need that's, to. That's so, all 40k is, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Star Wars. <laughs> hmm. um, I'd say I'm a bit more terrible and indecisive about this. So I like, uh, I occasionally like my romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I love action movies so much, and like, like, like Doom twenty sixteen is a great just kind of what I love video game wise as well. Mm. Um, I also really like RPGs. That's yeah. Cool. So yeah, if that helps. <laughs> okay, okay. And horror, I really like horror stories, even though I'm a massive wuss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, following on from that, uh, Charlotte Owen asks, how grimdark do we like our sci-fi and fantasy? And there's also a picture of her lizard uh, doing the uh, Godzilla roar, by the way. <gasps> it is it is a very sweet oh, picture. Pumpkin oh, is, is, amazing. The, is the best boy. He's a yes, very, called, yes, very uh, good darling. That lizard's name Pum- is named Pumpkin, and that's yeah. brilliant. But yeah, I, I personally... I. I do have a soft spot for, like, you know, really grim and, like, oppressive sci-fi. But I think I I do need a break from that every now and again. And that's why I I love things like Star Trek, because Mm. there's always that kind of hopeful element to it. And I I think, you know, to me, it's always a bit of a balanced thing. Like, I like really grim dark, like... Like Alien 1. Yeah, like that really kind of, like, just everything is shit kind of uh, sci-fi. But I, you know... It depends on my mood, really. You know, mm. I think that's that's kind of true of a lot of a lot of people as well. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, okay. you guys. 
I, 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 don't, I don't have a preference necessarily. It, it's a bit, I mean, my answer is going to be an absolute total and utter cop out because it depends on, it depends on what the actual thing is. Like, I love 40k because it is so utterly ludicrously over the top grimdark. <laughs> like, that's absolutely one of the best compelling things absolutely. about it. But it's grimdark. It's grimdark in a in a cartoon way, as opposed to grim and dark in a visceral. Ouch! This really hurts me in my sensitive two in twenty nineteen <laughs> mentality. Okay, yeah, I get. That's actually uh, a good no, point. I get. Yeah. Like there, there, there's a there's a different, and it might not necessarily be the most apt comparison, but like I think like there's a difference between the cartoon gothic madness of forty k or the. 80s corporate dystopia of something like RoboCop. And even though RoboCop is, you know, it's a Paul Verhoeven, so it's naturally a bit of a satire in, in, in its own mm. right. It's still like the time, uh, how time has ended up advancing. Those corporate dystopias of the 80s are a little bit more real yeah. than anyone is yeah. entirely comfortable with. So the car, the cartoon element, like, entirely is, is, is super compelling for me like i also like my fantasy like jack kirby's fourth world i like it ludicrous and over the top and colorful and happy and insane as it doesn't necessarily have to have a grim ending like hmm. uh it just has to be compelling i guess i don't hmm. know that's a cop-out answer that doesn't no, really no, go not anywhere. At all, dude. i like it i like it grimdark but I also like it when it is not grimdark, and that's why I like Star Trek. Yeah. So, same as Wim. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it says a lot that, like, you know, I've, like, I, I am primarily known online for... Um, Getting into Star Trek rants. Well, yeah, but <laughs> after that, it's for talking about 40K, which is the, the archetypical grimdark thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Yet the last, my, my favourite show I've watched in the last, like, six months is Steven Universe, which is, like, a show made entirely out of hope and love, like, as its core it's themes. Steven, Steven Universe is one of those things where it's, like, it, it, it's, I can't, I haven't managed to get my, my boyfriend into it, yes, because season one does take its time, and it can come off yeah. as incredibly saccharine and he also refuses to skip filler episodes yeah. which is oh uh, okay you can totally skip the uncle grandpa episode oh. i actually love that one if only for pearl's reactions to absolutely everything okay it's actually a um, <laughs> but like it's, it's i love i love steven universe because it's just so un, un like ceaselessly wholesome yeah um and i know that might be off-putting to people but it's also nice to have Sometimes it's just nice to watch something where it says, "Hey, we can build a better world out of empathy." Yeah, let's just not, let's just like really, really try and understand and love each other, and maybe you know, life will get better. And the movie comes out. And in sure, September. you can you can, <laughs> you can be as cynical about that all you want. That doesn't stop it from being good and compelling to other people. Yeah. So it, it made me happy to watch. And it was also nice to see a kid show that was gay as fuck. So you know, heck yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's, there's also that. <laughs> Like I, honestly, honestly, the the episode that I'll always end up going back to is the is the episode where the postman falls in love at first sight with Garnet, yeah. and then they go through the they go through the whole farce and rigmarole and blah blah blah. But then you get that beautiful scene at the end where Garnet sits himself sits him down and he's just like, "Listen, love at first sight is absolute bullshit. Relationships are work; they're constant work that needs constant attention, and you have to be super dedicated to the person that you know deeply and love deeply. It isn't just something that can happen overnight, and you need to get rid of this idea." And I'm looking at that just going, holy shit, that is the most mature <laughs> treatment of relationships I have ever seen from any bit of kids' media yeah. ever. 
Like, and that's important. Yeah, there's like a bit in, it's one of the later seasons, so so I won't, it kind of ties into like bigger things, so I won't like get into the specifics, but um, Mm -hmm. there is a part where, because like Stephen becomes like the centre of, he's like the support group of all of them, really. He's like the, Mm -hmm. um, and there is a bit towards the end where Amethyst just refuses to talk to him about the bad shit going on and says, no, because you do this all the time. This is putting so much on you. It is unfair mm. for us to place all of this on you all the time. Because they do end up like, yep. because he is the one who is able to do that, they end up putting that on him. And I was like, wow, that's a really kind of, of saying that sometimes you have, like, I know someone can be there for you a lot, but there is a limit to how much they can take. And it is unfair to just constantly do that and not be asking them how they are as well. Because it takes emotional yeah, toll. Exactly. And it's like, this show is for kids. It's, imp- it's important yeah. stuff. This is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's like the uh, duality of man. You know, some represent the duality yeah. of the the duality of man is that you can love 40k and have loved it since you were 13 mm-hmm. years old, but you can also love Steven Universe yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Which, as far if you want to take it, they're pretty much on opposite ends of the science fiction yes. spectrum. Like, I don't think you could get poles that are more further apart than those are. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I'd say. Again, I gotta echo Oculus there and say I like Grim Dark if it's done in like the mustachioed monocle kind of way that 40k does it. Yeah. Um, but like, I literally like my ideal kind of sci-fi is uh, either The Fifth Element or Firefly. Like, so Firefly's kind nice. of like the comedic kind of everything's a bit shit, but it's okay because we're gonna keep soldiering on. Mm. And I, everything's shit, but it's okay. We've got each other. It's, yeah. yeah, and they're like every everything's shit, and we don't have jobs. And you it's know, basically the gig economy you know taken to the nth degree. <laughs> Pretty much, but yeah, and like for fantasy, I just it's Terry Pratchett, just Terry mm. Pratchett for me. That's like because it has its dark and mm. sad and upsetting moments, but it also has its very funny, silly moments. I've said it on many occasions. Terry Pratchett is such a large influence on who I am as a person. Hard same. Mm-hmm. Like, my sense of humour, my... A, a lot of core values <laughs> straight up come from yeah. that book sort of going, hey, by the way, you know, this is sort of using our, uh, you know, allegory to sort of address issues. And yeah. I don't know, he just always had some very insightful things to say. And I think it's... Uh, yeah, did a yeah. lot of very he positive did, things. That, that man did so much mm. amazing good. Bless him. Mm. But yeah, that's Bless that's my indeed. somewhat bittersweet yeah. answer. Because <laughs> okay. now I'm sad that Terry Pratchett's gone. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a good answer. Now, okay. A good question okay. next. Okay. Uh, from Long Fang, uh, who was uh, on the last podcast. Oh yes, Long Daddy. Uh, who has the finest booty in the Imperium? Garviel Loken. He is a tasty boy. <laughs> And I don't care who knows it. That booty survived all sorts. Alpharius, because there's two of them. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, no. <laughs> how, how can we argue with that? That's a perfect fucking response, and I feel deep shame. I feel that it would actually be someone who we wouldn't expect. Because, like, you know, so you'd expect something like, you know, Fulgrim. Oh, Angron's got, like, the per- most perfect ass. No, it would be like Perturabo. No, Because like, his name's no. Pert-Arabo. No, Perturabo <laughs> is a fucking 
dick and he's a nerd and I don't like him. Yeah, but that's that, that's that's the grim dark level of it. Of that oh, he has he, the most perfect ass. But you but hate no, him. But no one like they're all going, Yeah, your ass is perfect, but you're you're the worst. Taking it taking it to the logical taking it to the logical extension of uh it's someone we don't expect, it would be like Uber Amos <laughs> like Eisenhorn Savant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, that would be yeah, perfect. Um yeah, no, my vote my vote is for Alpharius. Yeah. It's my twentieth legion my twentieth legion fanboy. Just so I don't <laughs> have the true. same answer as Oculus, I'm just gonna say like Loken. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm gonna stick with Perturabo just because I am enjoying that pun far too much. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, now we've got one that I think will uh, that you'll enjoy, Oculus. Uh five favourite mm-hmm. kaiju. And who would win? Oh, jeez. Favourite. Oh. oh, and oh, who would win? Oh. Like, I mean, come on. The, the answer is... The answer. Uh, this is from Mr. Sketches, by the way, uh, the question. Uh, hi. <laughs> good, to, good to get the question. Uh, the only... The, the answer is who is win is just always going to be Godzilla, yeah. and it will forever yes. be Godzilla. Like, there's that's no, the point of Godzilla. It, it, that's not... Okay. It's the point of him, and there's not a debate. As far as favourites, um, Godzilla, Gamera, uh, Gigan, um, Polvisari, Mothra... <laughs> what about Yongari? Yongari. <laughs> what about the remake Yongari. of Yongari, uh, oh. where it's even worse? Yongari. I just—that's my favourite way of mm. saying it. Like you're from Yorkshire. It went down to sea. It went to pit. <laughs> Yongari worked in <laughs> to pit. <laughs> Tilt their shots to mines. I still, I still haven't picked out number. four Five. Um, no, this is going to be something that blanks on me entirely because I have a fifth option. Uh, Zilla from no um, the Tristar Godzilla. <laughs> I'm, I, honestly, I'm going to be I'm going to be very basic and have it be Godzilla, Gamera, Gigan, uh, Mothra, and Ghidorah. Like I don't Good really selection have, there. Yeah, I don't really need to go into too much more depth beyond that. Mm. They are just the best. I'm not going to say like Titanosaurus. Um, oh, oh, runner-up is Reptilicus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to go for Zombie Godzilla. You mean uh, GMK version? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, GMK Godzilla is really cool. So cool. Um, and I'm going to go for Baragon just because of the suit actress. Oh, that's such yeah. a good choice. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> and the suit in GMK is also is really good looking. Um, such a good upgrade. Uh, Biolante for sure. Oh yeah, fucking love Biolante. Um, Gauss. Controversial, controversial opinion. Biolante is cool looking and all, but doesn't really do much. I know, oh, but yeah, she's totally. so cool. But no, oh, yeah. not Gauss. What's the um? Which, which one? Because Gauss is the flyy. Uh, the oh, flying yeah, Gauss, one from yeah. uh, Gamera. Gauss is the flying one, just because it's a, f- a big, scary flying. Especially when you deal with Millennium Era ones, mm-hmm. and those look really good. The, yeah, yeah. Mm. Not um, Millennium Era, the nineties uh, era. High um, size ones. Ooh, what's my last one? I'm not going to say Jet Jaguar just to be a contrarian. <laughs> no one's favorite is Jet Jaguar. No. I'm going to say Toto. Toto. <laughs> yeah. Toto is adorable. Yeah. Toto is the cutest. If you don't know at home, Toto is the version of Gamera from um, Gamera the Brave, which is possibly, I, I think, is the it's really easiest. Good family it's movie. the easiest uh, kaiju film for anyone to watch because it's just like a family yeah. movie. 
that just oh, happen, totally. happens to it contain is. giant monsters. And it's, it's great. Got, and like Toto is a baby turtle yes. for a little while, and this is so cute. But yeah, uh, what about you, Wibbo? Uh, mine would probably be basically the same as Oculus's, except um, swap out Mothra for Biolante. And maybe Ghidorah for uh, Kiryu. Oh, Kiryu's cool. Yeah, um, that's a di- that that is a solid diss on Mothra. I, I like <laughs> Mothra. Mothra. I, I like Mothra, but I just like the other one. It's mostly in terms of design. Yeah. Like to be that's to fair. Be that, is, that is fair enough. I will just stand a queen who shows up and does mm-hmm. nothing except except die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. she does it like so awesome. Like. Except in oh, oh what yeah. is it? Um, uh, what's the one with Batra in? Uh, Save the Earth. Fucking Batra. Uh, Batra is also really rad as well. Um, Batra's Batra's pretty rad. But uh, that's like it's the, just the name that fucks yeah, me. Up. That's the one. Oh, it's, it's Battle Mothra. <laughs> no, um, it sounds like bad Mothra. It's yeah. like it's like a portmanteau. Sure that would be really what it was. It would be, but like it's like I mean in English. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, in in that one, Mothra is actually more effective because she's got like an energy beam weapon. <laughs> she's like. <laughs> You know what? I was really pissed off about the new Godzilla movie. How they had Rodan in it, and it did do its weird cough. Yeah, the weird cough it roar that it sometimes <coughs> does. Like, okay, mm. that's true. I was waiting for that, and it didn't. Happen. Also, how good was the um, King Ghidorah design oh, in King of the Monsters? Oh, it was so, so good. good. Oh, that is the best so looking good. Ghidorah we've ever had. Mm, that was so rad. And also, I thought it—I thought King of the Monsters was a really good, like, really good representation of like the old Godzilla movies, but being a modern like Hollywood movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Entirely, anyway. right down to the absolutely inexcusably terribly terrible dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's not a proper old school Godzilla movie unless you sit there and go, "Wow, these actors aren't great." <laughs> <laughs> some some exceptions, obviously, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Mort has asked uh, has asked us, uh, "Would we get a kill team bat rep um, from us at some point?" No, it's like, uh, uh, "Would a kill team bat rep be possible from you both?" Yes. Will we do it? Eh. Maybe we have got another bat rep. I don't think it's going to be a kill team one, but yeah. that will be happening soon because channel our channel has soon. yeah channel anniversary happened on the twenty second of um, July. Uh, we've been doing this for seven years now, fucking hell, um, and we also passed twenty five k subscribers. So uh, we'll Yay. do a thing that's like a thing for both of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Hands the dragon has has asked. Uh, I'm dying to know with the current heat. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Ugh. But really, though, favourite flavour of ice cream? Uh, with me, it's um, anything that's like caramel or mm. like that kind of that kind of thing. I love caramel ice I cream. I like chocolate ice cream and I like chocolate brownie ice cream. And I really like fruity ice cream. Okay. With chunks of fruit in it. What about o- Oculus? I was going to call you Oculus. Oculus? You I are genuinely... Oculus. You own everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just you and me are gonna get that like no one else will Arkeland. Um you own everything you own everything uh, shout out to the fans yeah. um, we I, I, I don't know I can't say that I will go for any other type of flavour other than a really good vanilla like nothing I know that go that is a boring vanilla. answer possible but nothing trumps one with really good vanilla is very nice. Yeah. With the exception of perhaps Ben and Jerry's fish food, because I just love that. <laughs> uh, ben, ben and Jerry's is uh, a demon that should not be allowed. Quite. Uh, as a bonus question, just a quick one, uh, which Space Marine character would you like to get an ice cream with? 
for me, it's, this is a very personal one, but I once drew a picture of, and I wish I could find it because I wanted to Oh no, color I up, hate that of, picture. Of a lamenter with the ice, an ice cream cone and the ice cream's <laughs> fallen out of it. He looks so sad. And I, and, I, and I want to go and get one with wh- whoever, whatever lamenter is alive to go and give him the ice cream that I stole from him with that picture. That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, pff, oh, me. Um, Araman. Pre-fall. He just seems like he'd be really excellent conversation. Yeah, I actually get that. Fulgrim. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he would get you to the best ice cream parlor. Yeah. yeah. Like, he'd literally, like, he'd somehow find an ice cream parlor that gave you a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just have to see. It's like, I didn't need that, but I'm not mad it happened. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, uh, another question from the noob painter. And this, there's two questions. Uh, these are both for you, Oculus. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a serious question and a throwaway question. The serious question. Lovely, I love those. The serious <laughs> question is: uh, How did you come up with the best Twitter handle ever? That's the serious question. <laughs> <laughs> the serious question is: Hey, why do you have butt stuff in your Twitter handle? Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, my Twitter handle is butt stuff kaiju, and I came up with it because not only do I like kaiju. Um, no. <laughs> I don't think you need to say anything more, do you? <laughs> no, no. What it what it actually what it actually is a reference to is funny. If you bring up you brought up Matt Fraction earlier on uh, one Halloween. Because remember remember back in the day there was this whole Twitter thing where you change your Twitter handle to something kind of spooky around about Halloween. I don't yeah. know. Is that still going? Is that still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still going. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I did it last year. It was like Oculus Imperia, but he's a corpse. Yeah, that <laughs> um, was yeah. always Oculus Imperia, but he's a ghost or something. Yeah. <laughs> spooky. See, I, I tend uh, to no, just kind of like. Cop out and just go. I like werewolves. I'll be a werewolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, on the note of Mad Fraction and werewolves, back in the day, a few ages Halloween's back, Mad Fraction's Twitter handle got changed to Butt Stuff Werewolf. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's too perfect to let slide. So I took it and I did it before Oculus Imperia really became a thing. And while I had something of an official Twitter account for the channel, I'm just like, I'm not going to use this nearly as much. And I have something of a base with my actual Twitter handle I have here. So, <laughs> yeah. cool. And now I'm stuck. Now I'm forever stuck in... As Butt Stuff Kaiju. As Butt Stuff Kaiju. To, uh, that's going to be representing my internet brand going forward. Which is... It is a wonderful... It's a wonderful thing because, like... I have damned myself if I ever want to get involved with just like, hey, Creative Assembly, let's play another Warhammer game. I it's don't me, have it. Kaiju, and they're like, oh, it, okay. I absolutely me. love how at the end of your videos, which is these very serious, like, in-universe lore things, yeah. and then at the end it's like, keep up with the channel at Bust Off Kaiju. It's like, that's a tonal shift. I love it. Ex- it's I great. I get at least one comment every video just being like, hey, dude, uh, I loved your work. Uh, please don't uh, change your Twitter. Please change your Twitter handle because hearing it at the end really takes me out of my immersion. And <laughs> I kind of love it because I kind of want to keep it there to be like, yeah, cool. Immersion's great. But the video is also over. And yeah. it's uh, it's fun to have something stupid and dumb as your Twitter handle. In yeah. the like grim the darkness of the far future, there is only there is- vanilla. <laughs> There's no butt in the, stuff. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is a chronicler whose name is Butt Stuff. <laughs> I 
difficult in the future. You it's know, words, but stoops. yeah, it's pronounced radically different. <laughs> you, you know, you just be, you know, it's like how there's several names that you know were like normal back in the day, but now uh, you know. We, Sorry, we my don't, brain's you know. just like it'll look really fancy. Like you've got your last name in a different language. Like your name would be like Stephen Gutentag, yeah, or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fancy. Uh, do you want the throwaway question? Uh, yes, I can't believe that that wasn't the throwaway question, but yes. <laughs> which is, uh, which I, I think they might have switched these round for comic effect, oh, uh, which is I'm... what got you into doing 40k law videos? Oh, what got me into doing it? Oh man, that's a story. Um, so uh, when I started the channel, uh, my life situation was pretty shitty. Um Long story short, I was applying for Canadian permanent residency. I made a spectacularly bad choice to go with an immigration lawyer instead of just doing it myself. Um, and I ended up in a position where I my first application got rejected and I had to send off to the FBI in the United States to get a, fed, a federal background clearance, which you have to do to come into Canada in the first place. Um, if you lived in the United States for any period of time, which I had for a year, uh, but the problem is that the FBI required a 16-week wait oh. uh, for them to actually clear you. Um, so that just had – it was just a cascading series of things that ended up leaving me in a position where, like, you can be in Canada, but you can't work. Like, I was just here on visitor status. So I was just, like – I was living with my boyfriend. I was doing absolutely fuck all with my life in general. Um, and I was just like, I really need to do something. So here, I will teach myself the Adobe Creative Suisse and video and audio editing through YouTube. And I discovered that I needed a project to actually kind of keep myself consistent and give myself material to practice with. And from there, Oculus Imperia was born. I was I was on YouTube a fair bit. Um, I was seeing lore channels and listening to lore channels like with Remli, like Remlias and seeing that like oh, these are really cool like i love the idea like i you know me i love 40k lore i have since i was 13 but i was thinking like what would be wouldn't it be interesting if someone just did it from like an in universe history kind of perspective um because my academic background from college is history so i kind of just threw a whole bunch of stuff together and cut the pilot episode and the early episodes which are painful for me to listen to these oh days. i know that um, feeling <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> Um, and then I made like, I made a couple and then made the Legion as Astartes creation video and it went up, I put it up on 40k lore and the post absolutely took off and that's where the channel took oh, off. Oh, on the subreddit. Just kind of, on the subreddit, mm, 40k lore, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's how it happened. Like it came, it, it, it spun out of a creative endeavor to keep myself sane at basically the worst part of my entire life. And now it's taken off in such a huge way that I'm entirely grateful for it. I'm grateful for all the support from everyone and all the feedback from everyone in those early days and ongoing. Um, yeah, so it's actually it, it's actually got a happy story, yeah, and I quite like it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's something I turned myself to uh, when everything was shit, um, and now it's wonderful. So, yeah, that's how it happened. That's a good story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I think there's, you know, quite a few people. I'm starting cause it's not a million miles away from sort of why we ended up starting doing stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Except with without the, the you know, emigration things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like expert mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and and I think I think it's one of those things that doesn't, you know, it's. You know, sometimes you don't like want to necessarily talk about these things um, so much because of, um, you know, you don't you don't want to 
parasocial relationship too much. Yeah. Um, but like, yes, uh, the sub, like when you make these things and get through like a sort of, you know, you're in a like a rough place, then the support you get on these kind of endeavors, like it can be really important and it mm-hmm. really kind of buoys you and you go, okay, yeah, things might be shit, but I'm doing this thing and people really are really enjoying it and like. Like that, that makes me want to make more, and it gives you the drive to like make other parts of your life better as well. You know, because you absolutely something that you're doing out of like passion is really endearing to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so Manimal has asked, uh, "What's the law behind uh, my new craft world and your high fleet?" Um, I've already mentioned about my, uh, my my craft world is actually going to be an exodite force. That's you know, all the wraith things are are statues. Um, so that's what that's going to be. Mm. You've not got anything for your I high don't fleet know, yet. but I'm probably just going to make it Doom related. So it's <laughs> like, oh yeah, they were experimenting with trying to harness the warp for energy, and Magnus did everything wrong, and then Tyranids happened, and yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'll figure the, it out. The Anfelian project. Yes. <laughs> um, RNG God has asked, would we rather fight 100 Nurgling-sized bloodthirsters or a bloodthirster-sized Nurgling? Ugh. All right, I'm going to stop you there because, quite frankly, the concept of a bloodthirster-sized nurgling is too terrifying to even contemplate. Yeah, that's like perfect shin height. <laughs> Don't like that. And that would be, be the nurgling-sized bloodthirster. Yeah, well, shut up. Yeah, the, yeah, no, my, my, but that's a very good point. Like, my shins would be absolutely d- annihilated. Yeah, you just um, have I'm ankles say... attached to your knees. It'd be terrible. I'm going to say neither. I don't want to be in that situation at all. I want to fight a bloodthirster-sized Nurgling. I think that's the one I'd probably go for, because I think that's the one that's going to be the least efficient at murdering I'm going me. to beat the snot out of it, literally. Uh, okay. It, yeah. it could probably be distracted fairly easily. Yeah, or I could just, like, pressure wash it and it'd just die. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, okay. Alex Brown has asked, "What uh, do we have a favorite book series or author?" Uh, I've already mentioned Ooh. a Discworld for me. Terry um, Pratchett, yeah. Terry Pratchett, yeah. Oh, so this isn't this isn't necessarily a forty k related mm. one. Um, I mean, I have a favorite book. It's not a series, but my fa- my favorite book of all time would be Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell by Susanna Clarke. Okay. Oh. Because it is a essentially Regency novel that has a like in-world historiography to it, and it's I know that it's bloated and it's plodding and it can be just nega fun to some people, but I adore it. I adore every part of it and every aspect of it, and I like I, I'll reread it once every couple of years. Like it just can't get enough of that book. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I said yeah, like Terry Pratchett, like my favorite book that I can think of like right now is still Night Watch by Terry Pratchett. I fucking love that book. That that is my favourite one. It as is well. an amazing that is my favourite of the Discord series. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, and last question. Uh, which is another kaiju related one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which is and also related to some earlier things, uh, which is which kaiju has the best booty? And that's from Shin Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, no, he thick. Oh Shin Godzilla is thick. He's, he's, yeah, that was Shin that was Godzilla. from Cake, by the way. Oh, yes, that was from Cake. That was the, the person who asked that question was Cake. Yeah. But Shin Godzilla has the booty and the thighs. Yeah, I, you know, I can't really argue with that too much. Perfect. Uh, they are they are pretty pretty chonky, and, and they're chonky in all the right places. Yeah, chonky boy. 
Also, Gigan's one is probably cybernetic. Yeah, it's probably got a buzzsaw in the center of it as well, so you don't Ooh. want to go near that. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> You're approaching from behind the cheeks part, and suddenly... <laughs> Like oh, no. like, oh god, I thought I was flanking him, but it turns out that he was one step ahead. With his butt saw. <laughs> Come on, he's a space robot chicken made out of chainsaws. Like, I mean, but, yeah. But saw kaiju is my backup account. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry we, have, we, we won't be able to get to any more questions, but we're... Uh, Already, literally right now, late to do the stream that we were supposed to do 13 yeah. minutes ago. So, sorry, past people. Sorry, people. Future... Talked, about, um, <laughs> talked about Star Trek Voyager too much. It's Is fine. there such a thing? Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you very much for, for everyone for listening. And thank you very much, uh, Oculus, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for tolerating us. <laughs> Tashush, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. I'm so happy we got the chance to do this. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, been... it's been awesome having you on, dude. And if people want to find you on that old internet, where can they find you? Funnily enough, the Oculus Imperia YouTube channel shares the same name as I do. Oh. Um, you, can find, you can find me on YouTube. I'm Oculus Imperia. I make lore videos with an in-universe perspective. It's a lot of fun. They're very good. Watch them. If you, if you want to hear someone pretending to be a fake historian for a fake universe. Um, and beyond that, I'm on a few episodes of Text to Speech. I will be on the upcoming fantasy special, which was the most fun voice acting I have ever had. <laughs> Um, and beyond that, I'm on Twitter, at ButtStuffKaiju, as previously noted. I talk about shite and will sometimes post uh, funny pictures. <laughs> and you will post, you can guarantee that you will post at least one funny image per month. Yeah. At least once. At least once. At least one. On average. I mean, can't guarantee two, but at least one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will not make, I refuse to make that commitment. No, it's no. It's, it's unreasonable, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we should probably get off now yeah we probably should <laughs> okay thank you very yeah, much on. for listening everybody <laughs> bye bye goodbye everybody bye